The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. This is a size 7, very glamorous, very beautiful, high-heeled stiletto shoe. The black fabric is, is suede, I think. It's very nice to the touch. Uh, there's a shiny gold heel, it's quite a few inches tall, actually. I think it'd be quite difficult to walk on. Uh, you'd have to be you know, skilled. Even the inside of the shoe is gold lining. And uh, when you put your toe into the into the shoe there's a hidden platform so actually you would be taller i imagine when you wear these than you normally would be so all in all it's a it's a very very decadent and uh, fun looking shoe very glamorous these shoes belong to sage divine this is her story sex work is not the uh, the job that you think you're going to land in if I looked back and, and you told 14-year-old me that I would be a sex worker, I would have laughed, embarrassingly. <laughs> I entered the industry when I was in my early 30s. I'd been in a, in a corporate job and it actually started over wine with my girlfriends and as a joke. And I thought about that joke afterwards and decided to book an interview, job interview at a local brothel and off I went. Hi, I'm Sage. I, I worked in the sex industry, but I prefer to call myself a, a sexual healer. If you can imagine 18-odd young girls, mostly young girls, all in there fighting for, <laughs> for money and clients, it be, can become, um, I guess, a high school culture. Um, it would have been about a year um, before I moved into private work or independent work. If you're going out on your most ideal date... That's, that's what it's like. You, you're, you're every single little thing you're worried about from not just yourself, but your premises as well. So um, for me, um, my premises was always a reflection on, on myself. So um, everything would be perfect. My main rule is, is safety. So it's safe sex. Besides that, I always say that there's no judgment in my room, so whatever happens, happens. And as long as we're both enjoying it and it's done with um, respect and good times, then, then let it flow. People walk away feeling happy, so that makes me happy. That's, that's, that's why I did it. So the dynamic between a client and a sex worker is really hard to explain, um, and I don't think anyone except those two people can understand it. My regulars I'll have, I have much love for. I had my process of, of self-care afterwards. Uh, I would never shower afterwards while the client was there. So once they've left, it was always a taking off the bed, I guess, or, you know, the sheets and, and all that sort of stuff. They would go, I would go and have my shower. It was always the same. It was very um, structured, if that makes sense. I use a, a jade egg for my yoni or my vagina, which helps to clear energy and uh, and I always need to just sit on my own for a while like I can never be rushed after after a job so I need to sit and, and process uh, everything that happened and and I guess put it to that's over now and done and I can move on so I was a swinger uh, most of my adult life when I made the decision to get into uh, or to try sex work I kind of used that as a backing so um, I knew that I could walk into a room and read people well and be able to have sex with strangers and it, and it not be too much of an issue. You know, I found it quite, it came easy to me. I think that um, society puts too much 
pressure on people for it to be something that it's that it's not. It's it's natural. It's it's something that it's God given. That's that's where it was made to be enjoyed. Uh, I see so many people with with hang ups about their likes and dislikes in the room, and it's really. It's, it's really heartbreaking to, to hear someone say, oh, my wife would never do that and, you know, I, I can't express myself and that affects people in, a, in throughout their whole life. Like it has a flow-on effect so people aren't being able to be themselves and I've always said if you can't be yourself in the bedroom, where else can you be yourself? In the industry we call it horophobia. So, and I think it's one of the hardest things in the industry to deal with, like to know that you're going into a job and being with this person and doing good, like seeing someone be, and it's not just the sex part, but you're, they walk away with a, you know, a bit of self-confidence and, and a sense of themselves and that's a beautiful feeling and it's a beautiful gift. But then we get out into society and... and we have to hide it a little bit or, you know, even though I like to educate, I think towards the end I felt like I was more justifying, having to justify myself. Shame would be the word that comes along in working in the industry and I think that's that's the hardest thing and it's hard to walk in, in both worlds. So, And I know a lot of girls who just, and including myself for many years of working, you cocoon yourself in this world which isn't real. But there is that shame that, that comes along for the girls. It's shame from society or their, their family. And, and so even though you know that what you're doing is okay, there is that in the back of the mind, well, everyone else says it's not. And, and for the clients, once they're in the room, it's, it's fine. But when I know when they walk out the door or after the act, there is that sense of guilt, I know, especially for the married guys. I could probably generalise in industries, so it's a lot of FIFO workers, a lot of um, corporate guys, you know, 35 to, to 50-ish, you know, nice, clean-cut, great guys who just need some loving. <laughs> a client uh, called and make a booking and it was a an extended booking, which was three hours, and uh, he, was a, he was a young guy, so he was about 19. It was just, for me, it was just a normal booking. Um, he came and we had some wine and... Um, we had sex, and for the most part, it was lots of cuddling and talking, as as it always is. And um, he booked again uh, about a month later, and he was telling me more about his life, and uh, he wanted to get a girlfriend. So I said, let's go out for dinner, and we'll go to a bar, and we'll give you some <laughs> lessons. He said, before we go, I really need to talk to you. And so he told me the story about the first about the first booking and it was he had gone through some a year of depression after losing well, who he said was the only person who ever got him. He'd met a girl and and uh, she lived overseas and, and she, she passed away in a car accident and he was making the booking because he was a, vir- a virgin and... Um, well, I guess he wanted to tick that box and he was going to go home after the booking and, oh, God, and commit suicide. Oh, I just cried. <laughs> but how do you, you know, the, that's, I think, things that people don't, don't understand. And, there, and there's so many stories like that, maybe not suicide, but definitely um, helping people through such huge, huge things in their life and... And I kind of said to him, like, I, I, um, I don't feel like I did anything. He said, you just, you made me stop and think that I was worthy and being held and, and just being talked to and having a laugh was just more than you'll, 
I can, you know, thank you for and more than you'll know. So what a beautiful, beautiful thing. Relationships are hard enough uh, without throwing, you know, your partner being a sex worker. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, I couldn't go to work knowing that um, the thoughts that would be going through. I knew that they would be sitting at home or at work or whatever and you couldn't not think about it. It's just, it's just too hard. In saying that, I did it with a client, so ba-boom, ba-boom. <laughs> um, and it was a disaster, absolute disaster. It's not just your, um, your love relationships. I think it affects all your relationships, especially for private workers. It's isolating, so you're, um, you're, you're on your own a much, and that's, that's due to the way just the, the job works. Um, and B, it gets hard either lying or justifying yourself all the time, so you, you become engrossed in, in the world because everything else becomes um, too hard, I guess. So... Um, my, I know my family relationships suffered, my personal, my friendships suffered and I found myself getting sucked, not sucked in, becoming entwined in this world which is, is not really real and you become, I started to become sage, that's, that's, that's who I was I guess. I mean to start with, it was, I, I loved this job more than, I was just so passionate about it, not just for my clients, the, the whole industry, I just, I really wanted to save the world, <laughs> like that's how I went in there and I was just thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. But after some time, I guess the shine, the shine dulls a little bit and I kind of wanted my body back. It was, it was time for me to reclaim my life and, and, and me. No matter how they project themselves, when, when you um, get them alone and they truly pull off all their masks. Everyone is just um, vulnerable and wanting to be loved and, and in or to, to be heard or to be seen or um, to touch and to feel. And um, intimacy is, is something that I think that is, is greatly lost. It's, it was never just about sex. It was, it was about people and connection and I think that's, that's what people want and, and can't get. Sage's story was produced by Mary Phaeton. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going next. <laughs>